Hey everybody, welcome to Never Too Old for YA. This week we'll be discussing chapters 21 through 25 of Karen M. McManus's novel, You'll Be the Death of Me. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Never the Number Too Old for YA. This podcast is streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook, and YouTube. Hey, Kels. Hey, Mel. This section was better than last section, I gotta say. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, what was your favorite part? This is gonna sound so mean, but I really like the part where Mateo was ripping into Ivy in the car. It doesn't sound mean at all. Ivy's probably my least favorite character. Because, like, she finally got what she deserved. Like, she finally got all of the, like, not blame, but, like, everything that was coming her way. Finally, she got some consequences to her actions. Yeah, I agree. Ivy was just starting to get on my nerves. Okay, so last time we left off with Ivy trying to, like, she had a secret to tell Mateo. And we were like, oh, what is it going to be? Like, it should be something big because they had been talking about it already for, like, two sections that we were reading. And uh, I was so let down. I mean, it was a good reveal. It was, like, a good concept. But, like, it was so, what is the word I'm looking for? Underwhelming. Like, okay, so we find out that Ivy is basically the reason why Mateo's mom lost it all. Because she was so annoyed with her brother. And just, it's irrelevant. Other than she was at the bowling alley. She caused the accident of, I forget his name's um, arm and like how it dislocated and whatever. And basically it all went down from there. And she didn't say a word about it to anybody. And she finally tells Mateo like, hey, I'm pretty much the reason why your mom lost everything and you're struggling. And Autumn's selling drugs to keep you guys afloat. And you guys are working like five million jobs in between each other. and." Mateo is, as you can imagine, devastated, but so angry as well. Um, I didn't really find it underwhelming. I thought it fit in well. Like, we needed something. Because, I don't know, this book, it can't just be one huge thing after one huge thing. Like, one huge thing after another after another. Like, some of the developments have to be a little bit smaller. So I feel like it was a good, like, small development, but, like, on a personal level, how it hit all of them was really important. I guess you're right. I see your point there. I guess it was just underwhelming to me only because I wish that Ivy was just a better person. You know, like, I just wish that she would push herself to be a better person. Like, she's so full of herself. She thinks the world revolves around her and everything's about her. It's very annoying. And Cal, on the other hand, is, like, sitting in the car going, what is going on? Like, how did I get myself into this whole mix-up? Because, as you recall, last section as well, they were on their way to the school um to look for that 
painting or whatever that Lara, which is the art teacher, had. So she had like an art, like something that has like a painting or whatever, her favorite painting that was gifted to her by someone with the initial D um, with a very cryptic, cryptic message. Um, they go to the school, they get there. And basically, Mateo's like, I want nothing to do with you guys. Like, this has nothing to do with me. Like, he finally took himself out of the equation, which he should have done a long time ago, or else he wouldn't be in this huge mess with them. And they find out that the writing doesn't match from the signature on the art piece to the note they found in Laura's planner. I was like, then who is it? I was so confused. But then we got a pretty big, like, discovery um, that I did not see coming. Are you talking about when um, Ivy figured out that, or Ivy found out that Cal um, took took the candy that, that Mateo left for her? No. Okay, go ahead and say something about that, but... The bigger development that has to directly do with Ivy in this whole mess. I forgot, honestly. What? Did we not read the same section? No, we did. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Okay, so yeah, let's let's skip over. Not skip over. Let's like skim through that little section. So basically, um, Ivy had been blaming because she found out, obviously, that Mateo had left her um some of her favorite candy and had kind of asked her on a date well she was thinking this whole time that her brother had taken it and just never said anything was just being a jerk about it when in reality um Cal's the one that stole the candy and the note because he was jealous and was feeling left out because Mateo and Ivy were getting so close and he didn't want them to be a couple which was stupid and a very childish thing to do but they are children or they were children at the at that time no they are children they're still in high school um so that was that was crazy and then ivy was like playing the victim the whole time about everything she's like oh poor me everything's happening to me like i'm so sick of her really like i i'm so sick of her to the point where i kind of hope it's her because dang just get her out of here i'm annoyed with her already Oh, so then they're in the art studio, and they hear, like, well, no, they're on their way to the art studio, and they hear um, Ivy's brother Daniel and one of his friends talking to each other, and, like, after the cross practice, and the coach that um, that Lara's engaged to talking to them, like, they're he's their lacrosse coach. Cal and Ivy hide while, like, the three of them leave, but Daniel walks in on them in the classroom and was like what the hell are you guys doing here and stuff and like Ivy's trying to figure out what he told the police and stuff because he obviously she talked to the police and they want to talk to her and he was like well they wanted your number but I didn't give him quite your number I like mixed up a couple of digits so that they wouldn't be able to call you uh so they wouldn't have the right number um and he was like I didn't really tell him much of anything because I don't really know anything like you've kept me out of the loop on this all day like what's going what's going on and he was like, I just told him that I called you, that I talked to you around one o'clock and you seemed fine. And that was like, that's all I really know. 
so then Daniel leaves after a while, like after them talking. And Daniel was the one who like said that Cal was the one who took the candy from Ivy. So then Cal was like, well, what if, what if Daniel is the person who signed the card? Like, does that, does that look like his handwriting? And Ivy takes it out and looks at it and she's like, well, I don't really know. Like, I'm, I've never, I don't I don't really know what his handwriting looks like. He types everything like for school and stuff. Um, so that's kind of a dead end so far. And then the perspective shifts back to Mateo and he goes home and um, his house is torn apart too, just like Charlie's was. And so he's trying to like sort through the mess and everything, clean everything up. And then he sees, he gets a text from, from Autumn that she has a bus ticket and she says, I'm going to the Bronx. And then later on, she says, I'm not going to the Bronx to see, to see their mom, his mom. She doesn't say where she's going though. She does tell him that she told her aunt, his mom, everything. Like, cause she just kept pressing her about it and she finally just spilled. So Mateo's kind of like freaking out and he's trying to clean up and stuff. And then he's going through um, like these all these pictures that Autumn had on, on her bulletin board in her room because they tore the bulletin board off the wall thinking that there might be a safe behind it. And he sees one of them at the aquarium next to this sign about like what the biggest fish in the, in the world is and what's the smallest fish in the world. And he's like thinking to himself like this analogy of like, well, Autumn's like the small fish in this situation. And then there's a much bigger fish somewhere else. If he could just figure out who the bigger person is, like in this whole drug scheme, then Autumn would be irrelevant. They wouldn't go after Autumn. And then that chapter ends with that. And um, no, it doesn't. No, what? it doesn't. You're missing the biggest part. Okay, so I will say it since apparently we didn't read the same book. So. <laughs> So Mateo, as he's realizing this, he still he realizes also that he has Mahoney's phone. Um, And so when they tried to unlock it earlier, he remembers that Ivy put in Boney. So he decided to try Brian and Brian worked. He opens the phone, goes to the text messages. The only thing he finds is the passcode to get into the building and he also has like he listens okay so he calls the last call on the phone and the last call we don't know who it is we don't know the gender male or female all we know is that this voice is very familiar to Mateo like he knows immediately who it is and so cutting back to Cal and Ivy Cal makes a really like big discovery and it's basically that he was just thinking to himself like as him and ivy are having like this big blowout about what he did to sabotage her and mateo he's like looking at daniel realizes and notices that daniel's wearing like a thousand dollar pair of nikes and he was basically telling ivy like Don't be stupid. Why all of a sudden is he trying to help you? And she's thinking like he's a loving brother. But Cal's like, dude, wake up. Why is he being so nice to you? And then I started to like think like, no, Mateo did not just hear Daniel. Daniel's not this huge mastermind. 
But then it also came up that Cal suggested that maybe he could be the weasel and that he has lacrosse practice and the gym is in the same hallway as Laura's classroom, the art teacher. Um, And then she has this, oh my goodness, you guys, there's so much happened in this section that we read. Laura has this like locked drawer that Ivy was trying to open previous to this whole argument. She can't open it. It's completely locked. She leaves and Cal's sitting there like, wait a minute. I think I know how to open this. So he finds the key where she usually leaves it um, because they have they had a conversation about it before. And he opens the drawer and there's plastic baggies with bottles of pills in the classroom, in her desk drawer. And he takes them and leaves. I totally don't understand why he took them. That seemed like the stupidest thing he could have done. Right? Idiot. Well, like, what's he hoping to gain from taking them? Like, what? Is he going to go meet up with Laura now and be like, what the heck is this? You're dealing with drugs out of the school? Honestly, because exactly. What is he expecting? Because now his fingerprints are all over the desk, the key. He's the only one that knew that where it was. He's the only one that, like, now he just dug himself a deeper hole because the question is going to be, like, how do you know this much about this one teacher? Because there's no way that his relationship with her is not going to be questioned. Yeah, that's very true, too. He's got himself in a really big mess right now. He might be in almost as big of a mess as freaking Autumn. Yeah, I think Kim and Ivy and Autumn are like in the same category right now because they're all their whole life is falling apart. And okay, I see why Autumn did it, right? But where did Daniel get this? Like, I really want to know. Okay, so my question, my big question is where does Daniel come into this? Because, okay, yes, this kid is up and down that hallway because let's just say he's he's okay so he's really into sports he's in lacrosse right so he's up and down that hallway it's connected to the gym of course he's gonna be there but there are other places and other teachers in different classrooms too what makes the art room so special like how did he and how did he get his nose into that situation Because right now it's not making any sense to me other than he walks down the same hallway that she has her classroom at. Which is making me think that coach has more to do with it than we're getting out of this story. That could be, you might be right about that. Because now we know that the signature isn't Dominic's. And the only other D we have is Daniel. So what's going on here? I'm so confused now. So am I, but like I was frustrated that we had to stop where we had to stop. I mean, we could have kept going, but we already told you guys that we were going to read up to chapter 25. So like, but yeah, it was like bugging me that I had to stop there. I need to know what happens because I started off with so many questions and yes, if you have been answered, but there's so much going on right now. I don't know where this is going to go. Um, And we didn't have many predictions from last week anyway, so we can't, like, go off of those. But I 
am not too sure what to expect from this next section. I don't really know what to expect either. I really want to know who um who answered the phone when Mateo called. I want to know if Daniel has anything to do with the whole thing. And if he does, then what? Um, I want to know who the freaking weasel is, finally. I'm kind of curious to see if the coach is more involved than we think, like you said. I really do think that he is. I really do think that he is. That was my first prediction in the beginning. Um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, like, he knew about the affair between Cal and Laura. And he tried, I don't know if he tried to take out Cal or something like I'm okay. So my prediction in the beginning was coach did it um, because of an affair that he found out that Laura was in an, having an affair with Cal. Now I have no idea what to think. Like, I definitely think that he has more to do with it. I definitely think that Cal got himself in, like, a buttload more trouble. I hope Ivy doesn't get her name cleared because she's getting on my nerves and she's not my favorite character. (laughs) Um, But I'm just curious because now we know that Ivy is a person of interest. Now we know that. Um, We know that they have been asking questions about her. The police have been over talking to her brother and stuff, but... We don't know exactly what was said. And we're up in the timeline to the point where it's almost time for Ivy's parents to come home. Their flight did get delayed, but they're almost here. And the ceremony is still happening. The award's still getting given away to her mother. So I am lost. There's a million and one things that can happen next. Yeah, I don't know what to predict for next week either. I really have no idea what the hell's going to happen next. And then, so Autumn was saying something like she wanted, she was going to turn herself in. I have no idea what Autumn's hiding either. Because obviously to turn herself in, she's got something more to say, right? Probably. Well, like, what the heck's going on? How did this involve, like, how did they all get involved Where did the drugs even come from? Because Charlie had said that they found the drugs, right? Now he's saying, now it's like being contradicted to the fact that Lara has the drugs. So are you telling me that these three people, these three kids, Boney Mahoney, Charlie Sinclair, and Autumn, all said, we found drugs. Let's take it to the art teacher to see what we're going to do with it. Like, you know, that doesn't sound right. Like, what do you think? That was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, like, really think about it. Like, okay, so you guys found it at a party, but how did you find it? How did you come across it? And the three of you, how did you guys get involved, first of all? Like, how do you even know each other? Okay, like, someone had to have put them, those three together, for a reason. 
and I don't believe that they found the drugs. I believe that they were given the drugs to sell. I think the story was just to say that they found it to cover whichever teacher's butt, you know? Hmm, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you might be right. Oh, no, I haven't thought about this at all. It just came to me right now. <laughs> As we were talking, I was like, wait a minute. How does how is that even possible? That's another question I have. Like, what the heck? Okay, well, here's my next question. Do you think Ivy's mom's ceremony is going to go off without a hitch? Because I don't. Absolutely not. That's the least of everyone's worries is the freaking ceremony. Like, maybe. I feel like it's not even going to happen. Like, let's be honest. The ceremony's not even going to happen. There's less than 70 pages left in this book. I really don't want to spend it on talking about this dang ceremony. Like, I just want to know what happened with the drugs. I have all these questions that I need answered. And the one question that's not on my list is, is Ivy's mom getting her award? Like, I don't care. Yeah, I kind of don't either. I'm like more interested in like her parents' reaction when they, like when this wall of crap hits them when they get off that plane. Yeah, because they are, they're on the plane. Like, like you said, they, they literally ha- are on airplane mode and have no idea what is happening. And it is like an entire crap show. So what would you rate this section? Because last section was a dud. Mm, I think this section, like on a scale of like one to five, um, probably like a four. A four? Okay, yeah, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Why? Wait, no, you have to tell me why you gave it a four. Can't ask me why I gave it a four and a half and not answer it yourself. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, I don't know. Because the only parts that were like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? For me anyway. Was um, when... Mateo calls that number that um, Boney got the code for that for the building from, and he recognizes the person who answers, but we don't know who answered. I want to know who answered. Um, and then whether or not Daniel is D. Like, those were the two, like, lingering questions from this section that I had. So, like, that was why I would give it a four. Okay, my four and a half... Okay, now that you're saying that, I think it is a four. I wanted a little bit more out of Cal because I feel like Cal has this big thing, right? That him and Lara are having an affair. And that's it. Like, I feel like we didn't get a a lot of, like, Cal's personality as opposed to Ivy and Mateo. And so I, I just keep finding myself wanting more on Cal because his major character trait is that he's like, he's involved with the teacher and that's it. Like it's not anything big, but yeah, I did like, I did like uh, that Cal was the one to discover that, you know, 
maybe Daniel isn't completely telling the truth. So that leads us into predictions. Go ahead, Kels. Tell me what you're thinking for the rest of this book. So I think Daniel might be D. I have a feeling maybe Lara answered the phone when Mateo called. Either Lara or Daniel. Or maybe the coach. I really don't know at this point. But yeah, those are my two major like predictions for the rest of the book. Okay, so my predictions. My predictions are, I think Daniel answered the phone. And I think that they are putting this all on Daniel. I think that Lara and Coach are involved in this very heavily. I think they're the masterminds. And they're just making Daniel their fall guy. I definitely think he's the weasel. But I I do think that they're using him as a fall guy. I definitely think he's the fall guy. If anything happens, that it'll all be on him. And since... He's a minor. It probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I do think Daniel is who answered Mateo or voicemail answered. Um, I do think that Lara and Coach are definitely the masterminds. I think that these kids did not find the drugs. The way Charlie was saying that they found the drugs, I don't think that that makes any sense whatsoever um because what kid goes and tells their teacher and not their parent like oh we found all these drugs and then why would the teachers want it anyways i think that we're gonna see ivy humble herself at least i hope so with all of this going on you would think that she would like kind of take a step back like i know she wants to figure out what's going on Um, Because it's her name on the line, yeah, but I'm kind of, like, ready for her storyline to end. Like, I'm annoyed with her. Um, But I still don't know. I'm not, like, 100% yet that the coach killed Mahoney. I still have no idea who killed Mahoney. Because, okay, let's take it back. Daniel was at school all day. Laura was the one that was out on Tuesdays because, again, this is happening on a Tuesday. Coach was at school all day and Charlie was at school as well. So that leaves Ivy, which I still think something happened before Mateo and Cal reached her. Um, But I know it's not Cal and I know it's not Mateo for sure. Um, So through process of elimination, that that leaves us Ivy and Lara. Honestly, that's all it leaves us because the tip that that was given to the police fit both of those two women's descriptions. Everyone else was accounted for. So who could have done it? Yeah, I agree with that. I think you're onto something there. That makes a lot of sense. I kind of thought that from the beginning. Like, I had a feeling that it would be that. I, I, I'm i leaning more towards Laura, though, and not um, Ivy. Because what motive really, well, other than losing the student council election to Bonnie, what motive would she really have to kill him? Like, and I mean, yeah, she's petty and she, like, is all full of herself and stuff. But I don't think she's so 
self-absorbed to the point that she's going to murder somebody because she lost an election. Okay, I see your point. I see your point. I still don't trust Ivy. Like, I never have. She's my least favorite character. I Maybe she could have startled Mahoney and something happened. And whoever saw her go up the building was like, yeah, that's the girl. She's the one that did it. But I'm just, I really don't know. Like, I only have inklings on what's happening. I don't really know exactly what's happening. So I'm going to say definite that Lara killed Mahoney. That's final answer. All right, guys. Next week is the last episode for this book. I'm so excited to finish it. I'm curious on what happens. Next week's going to be like our final rating for the book and what we thought as a whole. And we are going to announce also what book we'll be reading next. So we're going to announce the topic for the next bumper episode too. Yeah. So we got some pretty exciting stuff coming next week. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Never Too Old for YA. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Never the Number Two Old for YA. And we're streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Facebook, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. New episodes every Friday. And we're so glad you're here. We'd love to hear from you also. So please comment on our Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. Um, Kels is more active on Facebook, but. Yeah, follow us, guys. Until next time, bye.